Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Do you do mastodons? They're going to think this is our midwife special. <laughs> uh, this is our natural birth class yeah. here. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> okay, now we're moving into bo- that bodily sound. functions. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> oh. oh, you said mastodon. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't know much about uh, mastodons. Welcome to the Ransom Tar Podcast. I'm John Eldridge, and uh, this is actually Craig McConnell with me um, impersonating a mastodon. <laughs> that was a female in the Precambrian era. Oh, good, good. Yeah. yeah, was that the Southern Hemisphere or the Northern Hemisphere mastodon? Well, that was pre-Teutonic shift, so it was the Southern, but that's when it was the Northern. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, for all of our Ice Age fans out there, <laughs> welcome back. We are um, we're actually wrapping up very soon. We've got a few more left to do. The series on relationships, relating, our style of relating, learning to love well. And we really began this whole series on the premise that um, the greatest power of your life is actually in the context of relationship. It's how you love and um, – Paul urging us in Philippians that our love would abound more and more with knowledge and depth of insight. So we're going to do a few more on this. Um, hang in there. We've got some great stuff coming. <laughs> but I think today, Craig, you wanted to just um, put some questions out there. Yeah, John. Uh, we've uh, circulated around among the staff and asked a few people, what are some questions you would have on relationships and wrote some notes down. And I thought, uh, what a great way to do this podcast is me ask you a few questions. First one, we're talking about relationships. And one of the things that seems like a, a reality is relating to those um, of the opposite gender. I mean, when it comes to loving and to relating, what are your thoughts on relating as a man to a woman, whether it's in a workplace, a neighbor, or a friend, um, or? I think the first thing we have to do is get the fear out of this. Fear has dominated the church in this issue for a long time, and it's made our relationships um, awkward outside of family or marriage. I think the feeling has been um, be very careful Something bad's going to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you start with the premise that the heart is good, that the redemption of Christ reaches our hearts, that he gives us a new heart, I think we can get this fear out of the picture. And I think having done that, it will free us up to then begin to do what we want to do in any relationship, which is go after their heart, mm-hmm. fight for them as, as friends, as colleagues, as people with us in mission or ministry. I mean, these are our brothers and sisters 
right, in Mm -hmm. Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, Paul tells us to look at women as sisters, mothers, daughters. We're to look at men in our lives as fathers, brothers, sons, you know, um, to fight for one another. So step one is to get the fear out of the picture so that we can relate well. Mm-hmm. And and there ought to be a way of, of offering a genuine strength, love, courage, care to someone of the opposite sex in whatever our context or environment, right? I think so. I really do. I think words of encouragement mm-hmm. um, are absolutely vital, huge. I think prayers, fighting for one another in prayer, mm-hmm. absolutely huge. Now, of course, you know, we're assuming that there's kind of an appropriate realm of intimacy with a member of the opposite sex. And I think particularly in the realm of woundedness, I think that that's where we're going to want to walk with wisdom and revelation, really walking with Jesus Mm -hmm. to say, Lord, do you want me to move into this? Is now the right time? Is this even appropriate for me to play this role in their life? John, that's really good. Um, What would you say to younger adults who um, are dating, looking for a spouse, and, and they're relating to to friends, to others of the opposite sex. Uh, how do you do this thing, loving one another, relating well, uh, while you're trusting God for a spouse yes. and, and something yes. a little deeper, yeah. more profound? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that, because I would say that would actually be a very different realm than everything I just described, because I think that... Um, There's a wonderful ethos right now in the church among younger people, an openness and an authenticity, a lot of story sharing, kind of this is a story of my life. I want to hear the story of your life. And what you want to be careful of, um, you want to be careful of too much emotional intimacy too soon Mm -hmm. in a dating relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, You really need to get to know one another before you share at a deep heart level. I think particularly this is for the sake of the feminine heart. I think, guys, you've got to be really careful. You need to know what sharing your heart does to a woman's heart. I mean, wow, the intimacy, the, the life that's experienced there, the connection. You know, you start talking about, for example, your woundedness or your past or, you know, maybe ways that God's moving deeply in your life and you're opening your soul up to one another. She's reading into that, whoa, we're going somewhere. Like he's really, this is getting close, Mm, you know, when in fact, as a young man, you might not mean that at all. You're just, quote, sharing, you know. So I would say caution in this arena of getting too um, emotionally or soulfully intimate too soon Mm -hmm. in that it means different things. Just understanding and being gracious to the feminine heart in this is really important. And what I urge young men is, um, guys, unless you have every intention of pursuing this young woman, you do not get emotionally intimate soon in the relationship. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. John, a little question I think it dovetails with this is, um, what boundaries, if there's such a thing, or limits, is there on love? Cautions? I mean, um, you know, we hear of dysfunctional relationships, dysfunctional families. Um, It seems like there's some confusion about what love is and what it looks like. Oh, my. 
is there ever in gang? We're going to get to this next time. We're going to we're going to finish our series with some very specific things on loving um, from Dan Allender's book, Bold Love, loving a fool mm-hmm. versus loving an evil person. I mean, there there's differences here and boundaries and that sort of thing. But let me just say this. The confusion comes in because we think that love essentially means being kind, being empathetic, being caring. Um, but you watch the way Jesus loves the way Jesus, quote, loves the Pharisees is striking and strikingly different than the way Jesus, quote, loves uh, Peter or John or yeah. Mary Magdalene, for example, because love has always in mind what does this person need? Mm-hmm. What does this person need? And this is where, quote, kind of the whole issue of boundaries and such comes in. Um, love does not mean that you open your soul up to every human being. Love That's does good. not mean that you treat every human being equally. And again, more on this um, in the next two as we wrap up the series. But gang, um, love has in mind at all times, what is the condition of this person and how do I move them closer to God? And so in some cases, it's retreat yeah. because they're an abusive person or they're a clinging person. You know, sometimes it's um, a strong word. And again, creeping a little bit into next time. But love looks different in so many different circumstances because people are different in what you can trust them with and how sensitive and open they are to God. And the varying levels of the hardness of their own heart is going to change the way that you relate to people immensely. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I mean, what I'm after is what they need. And so much of that is from God mm-hmm. that doesn't involve me mm-hmm. yep. and, and being just aware <clears throat> that there's there's limits <clears throat> on this relationship of what I can bring at <clears throat> or offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thank God for a caller ID. <laughs> <laughs> I, live, <laughs> I, I live on caller ID because love does not mean you take every person's call. Mm-hmm. And love does not mean that you're there for every person in their crisis. You know, you really do walk with God in this. And, Lord, what is mine to offer? Yeah. John, with that exhortation that we're to love, are there limits on the qualities, types of relationships? I mean, you know, in terms of friendships and intimacy and closeness, are what, what limits are there on the number of loving relationships that we can have? Do you, does I, that make sense? I think it does, and I think it's going to be shocking to some people because um, just even the idea of, wait, there are limits? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's certain personality types that are so giving and so extroverted, and, you know, they may have 20, quote, friends, and you really want to go, time out. How is that even possible? You can't sustain that kind of relational exhaustion. Um, and I hadn't thought about it until this moment, but look at Christ, the three, mm-hmm. right? The 12, you know, the, mm-hmm. the 72. I mean, he has circles of intimacy that go out. And I think that the number of deeply intimate relationships that we can um, respect mm-hmm. and, and maintain in this life, a handful, mm-hmm. you know, and then a circle out the number of friendships we can have. You know, mm-hmm. again, limited, maybe on both hands, you know. I mean, Jesus had 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another circle out from there. And not 
Not all those people get the same thing. I mean, I know some very dear saints that feel really guilty that they're not offering everyone everything. You know, they may have a couple of really close friendships, and they feel guilty that they're not offering that to their other girlfriends, mm-hmm. or they feel guilty that they're not offering to their family, their extended family, maybe what they're offering in some of the more intimate relationships. And you know, go, that's fine, gang. There's circles of intimacy here, and you don't have to, you know, kind of be everyone's closest pal. Yeah. What happens when we overextend ourselves relationally? Mm-hmm. In terms of just taking too many people on or taking their problems or concerns. I mean, what's the impact of that? Um, You shall know them by their fruit. Do you cringe when the phone rings? Mm. What is your nervous reaction when the doorbell sounds, Mm. when you open your email, right, when you receive a text? The signs of burnout are, I don't want to be around people anymore. Mm. Right. I'm just done with people, you know, resignation, cynicism, those kind of things start creeping in because you've just been offering too much. Bernard of Clairvaux has this wild, wild idea that we should be reservoirs, not canals. He says a canal receives water and gives it away immediately because a reservoir allows itself to be filled and then gives out of the overflow, gives out of the excess. And he describes most of us are canals. We're just barely getting something from God. We're barely receiving our life, and we're immediately giving it away, whereas we ought to allow ourselves to be filled. And so I think, I think the quick test of this is just the fruit. How are you doing? Mm. Do you look forward to seeing people? When someone starts to share something hard with you, when they're opening up and they're about to you know, tell you about some difficulty in their life, notice your mood, mm. Right. Are you just exhausted? You're like, oh, I hope it doesn't go this direction. Well, there's the signs that, you know, relationally you're tapped out and you're going to need to back back out. Yes. Or you're just so overwhelmed. You can't go deep. You've got to keep it superficial. I mean, someone who's burned out just doesn't have anything to go deep with anyone, right? Exactly. Last question, John, at least for this session is – we often say, I've heard you say, um, how you treat your heart is how you treat others. Can you speak to that when it comes to relationships? This feels counterintuitive at first because I know many of you would think of either dear saints or you're aware of yourself who, like, we can be you know, much kinder to others than we can be with ourselves. We can be very critical with ourselves but very gracious towards others. And what I want to say is for a time, Hmm. for a time, but eventually, um, eventually the way that you handle your own heart is the way that you'll handle everyone else's. And people intuitively pick this up, by the way. I mean, you just know when you're when you're in a conversation with a busy person, you just know I'm. I'm kind of a nuisance. Mm. They don't have time for me. They're not asking deep questions. And if they do ask, hey, how are you doing? They don't really mean it. Mm -hmm. They don't really want to hear the answer. They don't have 20 minutes to hear the answer. And so, well, that busy person, they have no time for their own heart. And it eventually turns into they have no time for anyone else's heart. And so on the analogies would go, right? That if you're essentially hard on your heart, you will eventually be hard on the hearts of those around you, your children, mm-hmm. your spouse, your friends. It's just at some point it's unavoidable. And I think we mask this 
early on in the relationship because we can be more kind to others than we are with ourselves. You know, that's usually true of most mm-hmm. people. You know, but in the end, bottom line, what we're saying is the health of your own heart is what you have to offer in relationship. And so if you're not taking care the health of your own heart, how are you going to love others? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is probably a good place for this session to end, John. Um, appreciate you just taking some questions and love how this whole series is just pointing us back to the central theme of we're to love God with our whole heart mm. and to love others. And we hope that that's the impact yeah. of this series for you listeners. And thank you for joining us in this podcast. And we do invite you and hope that you'll check out our website, ransomedheart.com, for a whole lot of other resources on just living this life and walking with our God. And uh, till next week, this is Craig McConnell and John Eldred signing off. <laughs>